Welcome to Pearl Check. I'm your host, Erica Anderson-West, founder of the Epitome of Class Incorporated. It's a nonprofit organization where we focus on women becoming the best version of themselves and also finding their true purpose in Christ. The Pearl Check podcast is a series where we will examine or check our progress as women of God during the process of refinement. If you haven't checked out our latest episode, it is available on our website, theepitomeofclass.com forward slash podcast or by searching Pearl Check on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, just to name a few. I want to say thank you for all of our listeners for listening thus far. I really do appreciate all of the support and all of the shares and all of the feedback. It means a lot to me. Today's episode is something that I really didn't actually want to talk about because it's something that I still struggle with. But every time I tried to leave this topic, God kept leading me back to it. So I'm going to be obedient like I've been talking about the last few episodes. Today's topic is named after the first chapter in The Best You. It's called Low Self-Esteem, Please Exit, Stage Left. Our goal today is to remove the power of low self-esteem in your life and in your mind because it cannot dwell there anymore. And today we will leave feeling empowered, encouraged, and filled with the esteem of God. So with this episode, I had this long document prepared, all these different things that I wanted to do. And as I started recording this, I felt like I'm going off the cuff. I just want to have a vulnerable and open conversation about low self-esteem because it's something that I'm sure all of us as women have struggled with at some point in our lives. See, self-esteem means confidence in one's own worth or abilities or self-respect. So when you have low self-esteem, it means that you lack that confidence or you begin to feel negatively about yourself. Low self-esteem is not new to me, you all. When I was growing up, I was very skinny or I was very tall for my age at different stages and people would call me names. They would talk about that I needed to eat more food because I wasn't as thick. And what I mean by thick is a little more curvier as they would like me. And as women, we want to look appealing to the opposite sex. And I know vice versa, men want to look appealing for women. So we begin to do things to appeal to those people. And at that time, I would try to overeat to gain weight, but little did I know at that time that my metabolism was the defining factor on if I would gain weight or not. It had nothing to do with how much food I was eating. Essentially, I was just making myself sick. And that stuck with me throughout my life. And it hurt my feelings because my biggest thing with low self-esteem, how it happened was because I would lose friends randomly and I never did anything And I wanted everybody to like me because I'm such a big people pleaser. And I don't know if there's any people pleasers out there, but I have always been a people pleaser or um, it was something that I struggled with. And I always wanted people to like me. And when they didn't like me, I felt like there was something wrong with me. Um, I was too hyper. I was too much of an extrovert that that's why they didn't want to hang out with me. That's why they didn't want to invite me to their summer parties or different things. Now, I'm not going to say I didn't have friends. I don't meet a stranger. If you haven't noticed by now, I had friends, but those close friends that always got together every week, I didn't have that. I had it like a little in middle school and then a little in high school, but it was like once I became in that stage of trying to find my identity and find who I was, and I realized that I was different, um, that's when my insecurities came. Because growing up in the church, and I'm going to be honest, growing up in the church, 
You are just different. And they will tell you that in church. You have this light in you. You're the salt of the land or be the salt of the world. And you were born to stand out. And yeah, that sounds great in hindsight. Like we want to let God use us. That's our ultimate goal. They have instilled that in our life. We want to hear well done. We want to go to heaven. And we know that that's going to cause us to be a little different because everyone's not in church. Everyone's not believers. Or if they are believers, they weren't going to church nearly as much as I was. Because when I was growing up, I had to go to church a lot. And um, it was like almost every day of the week I was at church. And that kind of excluded me a little bit from other people because, you know, I didn't I wasn't able to be at all the activities because I had something to do at church and I love singing. And don't get me wrong. I love church too, because my church family literally became my family and it was a joy to see them. And I just think back on that experience of being at church all night. That that was my culture. That was my life. And I enjoyed it. But when I wanted to talk to other people about it, they looked at me like I was crazy now I realize like when you are called to a higher purpose or when you're called to do something more for God and he has to exclude you a little bit and put you in your own place. You know, they always say that everyone can't go with you when you go to the top. Well, everyone can't go with you when you're working for God because some people hold you back. Some people hinder that. So that was another thing. And then there's always this part of comparing yourself. Comparison leads to having self-doubt, envy, and jealousy. And those are all things that are negative. But envy and jealousy leads to just so much. You embed these thoughts in your mind. You start comparing yourself to that other person. You want to look like them. And then you start changing your identity. So I was reading and it was talking about how negative thoughts can cause you to become a victim of identity theft. Just like hackers on the dark web, the enemy is working hard to steal your identity in Christ. See, that's the thing that the enemy has did to me at one point. He knew my weak points. He knew my weakest points. And honestly, he's just taking inventory. He has like a special file cabinet of devices and information to use against you when you're the most vulnerable. So there was a stage in my life where um, my friend kind of had more friends and we weren't hanging out as much. Of course, I was younger, but we weren't hanging out as much and it hurt my feelings. I didn't feel like I mattered, like anyone noticed me, um, that I was just too different. And so I was crying. Um, I tried to call my friend and they weren't available. They said, hey, I got to call you back because I'm talking to so-and-so. And I was struggling with low self-esteem already at that time. And so the enemy just started to work with those thoughts like, you don't matter. You see how she didn't have time to talk to you on the phone? That's because you're not important. That's because no one will miss you. That's because you are not that important. You don't have any friends now. So you might as well just, just end it all now. Nobody will miss you. Nobody will notice. Those were the crazy thoughts that the enemy had planted in my mind. So I was right there. And I know this part always is very hard for my parents to hear. So if you're listening, I thank you for loving me and I'm still here. So, but I have to share this for someone else out there who may be struggling. So I'm right there sitting and I'm almost to the point where I'm getting ready to end my life. I I have it all laid out. I'll have it all planned out and I'm just going to end it all. And um, I'm getting teary eyed just talking about it, but um, the enemy had worked my mind so bad that I was ready to to leave. I was ready to go. I didn't have anybody, I felt like. So even though I was almost to that point of ending it all, I was hesitant. And you know why I was hesitant? 
it was because I heard a small voice, a small voice talking to me. And he was saying, Erica, I see you. I'm here. Don't you feel me? Don't you notice I'm here? You are not alone. I gave you life and I filled you with all this purpose. I have so much more for you. Erica, I loved you before you even knew yourself. And I always will. And even though that was going on and even though I heard that, those insecurities were screaming at me. I don't know if you've ever had that moment where you are so down and out and so depressed about something that you can't hear anything else. All the noise, all of that is gone. You only focus and it's kind of like you're zeroed in on that point that you just you just aren't enough. I want you to know that I said this in my book that I knew that God was intervening when he had my mom call my name and tell me that dinner was ready and that I needed to come downstairs. She had just left to pick us up some food and she called me downstairs to eat. And um, that was the moment that it was kind of like a turning point. It was like the moment where I had a reset and I came back and it was like, okay, I am here. I mean, she wouldn't have got me food if she didn't notice me. You know, it seems simple. It seems small, but that was big for me, obviously. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. I was in middle school. Let me tell you, I was in middle school when that happened. And that was hard. That was hard for me. Um, There have been some moments in my life where depression tried to get me, even as being a single mother. That's why I wanted to talk about low self-esteem. As a single mother, you go through a little bit of low self-esteem because you notice that you aren't getting as much attention as you would have gotten from guys because now you have a baby. And they're like, oh, she comes with baggage. And I began to think in my mind again, that I wasn't enough. Who would want somebody that had a baby? Who would want to come into a relationship that already essentially is a family? Nobody would want me. I'm just going to be single. That's what I thought. That's what I honestly thought. And then there were even times when I went forward to sing and minister that I was afraid to even talk or to even sing because I'm like, God, I'm not worthy the same. I did this. I did that. I did this. I shouldn't even be singing. Who am I? I don't want to be a hypocrite. But God still loved me. And even though my outer appearance looked like I looked like I'm walking in with my child, not married. And even though people may have been judging me, God was still saying, I still love you. I still need you. I have more for you. That brings me to this verse that I was reading the other day. And it says, it says in 1 Samuel 16 and 7, do not look at his outer appearance or at the height of his stature because I've rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, even though I was a mother with a child out of wedlock, I knew that God still wanted to use me. And my heart was still for God. My heart was all about God because there were times when it got really dark and the only place I could turn was to God. He was the only person that kept me grounded when things were looking crazy. I didn't know how I was going to pay bills. I didn't know how I was going to pay rent. I, you know, I just had these doubts about myself. I just, there was a moment in my life where if you know me in high school and all through, through my education, I always worked really hard to have like straight A's and get perfect grades. But now I felt like a failure because I was a mother out of wedlock. I didn't feel like my son was a failure. Let me correct that. But I felt like I had failed. So I began to be down on myself and feel like I just wasn't enough. But that verse encouraged me because it told me that I'm not looking at what you have on the outside. I could use anybody. I'm looking at the heart. 
I can use anyone. That just encouraged me. And then my other favorite verse, you guys know I love this verse, and it's in Philippians 1 and 6. I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who have begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. That verse helped me during that stage where I felt like I wasn't good enough, that I'd never be married, that I nobody would ever be looking at Erica that way. Because you know, like when you go to the grocery store and I talk about this all the time, this is just something that God placed on my heart that got me through. You know, when you go to the grocery store and you see a dented can or a dented box and you push past it and you grab the, the can or the box that is not dented, I felt like that. I felt like damaged goods. I felt like the the dented can in the grocery store that people pushed to the side because of the things that I've been through. And the enemy was working with that. But when I read that verse that that I'm still God's good work, that he's still working, he's still perfecting me, even in that storm or even in that trial in my mind, even though the can is dented, even though the can may look like damaged goods, the content is still good. The content still matters. I don't know who needs to hear that, but it doesn't matter. Any bruises, any any scars that you may have, anything that is causing you to doubt who you are in Christ, the content is still good. God still has more for you. He still has a purpose for you. I have completely gone off the cuff with this episode. Like I, I have completely left this, but this is what God placed on my heart was to be vulnerable. Because I really didn't want to do this episode. And I'm just being very honest. I waited to the last minute to record this. I waited to the last minute to get in my word about this. Because I didn't feel secure in doing this. I was like, God, no, I'm still struggling with this. But he wants me to encourage you. He wants me to be that small voice for you. That still small voice for you. We're in, some people have been quarantined for months. And those thoughts are dwelling in your mind right now. But we have the authority and I'm going to speak to those thoughts right now that they cannot dwell in your mind right now because God has called you. That brings me to another verse because we're, we're going we're gonna to go against the enemy today with word, with the word and the promises of God. Because when you get in the Bible and the scripture comes to you, it is to go against, it is to fight the enemy's devices. That is our armor. The word tells us to put on the whole armor of God. That is our armor against the enemy. So in 1 John 4 and 4, ye are of God, little children, believers, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's break that down. We are of God. We are created in his image. There can be no wrong. We have his righteousness. We have his power and we have his strength because we are of him. We are a part of him. You know, when you walk around proud, to carry your last name, you know, back in the old days, they would have like a family crest that represented you. And when people would see that crest, they knew what kind of caliber of person you are. Well, I want you to walk in the power and the the authority that you carry when you walk around with the crest of God on you. That is what you should be proud of. And I'm sorry if I'm preaching. I just I just kind of encourage myself just now talking to you. Um, and it also says, and you have overcome them. So today we're going to overcome the low self-esteem. We've overcome you. The workers of iniquity, we have overcome you. And any negative thoughts, we have overcome you. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He dwells in us. 
He has given us the power, the authority, and we have to walk boldly with confidence and secure in the fact that we carry the power of God with us every day. Those thoughts, they have no power. Those thoughts, they have to go. Speaking of thoughts, the Lord gave us another scripture for that. In 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 in the NIV version, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So that means those negative thoughts, that's not of Christ. That self-doubt, that's not of Christ because he tells us I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can't let that dwell. You have to make it obedient to Christ. So if God says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you need to start telling that negative thought that comes in your mind that you're not enough, that you're not beautiful. You're going to say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. There was a moment where I was dealing with self-esteem and different things. So I decided I was single. So I decided to take the love languages quiz. And if you've been to my first event, you know, we've did this at that event. Uh, We took the quiz as single women, not in terms of a relationship. And we answered the questions. And when I got my results from the questions, it said that my top love language was words of affirmation. Self-love sometimes gets overlooked. And if my love language is words of affirmation, and I'm trying to show myself love, I have to put words of affirmation into my daily routine. So if I'm looking in the mirror doing my makeup, I tell myself that I'm beautiful, that I'm confident, that I am strong and courageous and all of these different things that I need to hear to help combat against those negative thoughts that try to fill my mind because there is power in the words that you speak. The word tells us life and death are in the power of the tongue. So I want to speak life. I don't want to speak death. Death is like negative thoughts, that low low self-esteem thoughts. Those got to go. I'm speaking life. I'm speaking it because until it becomes true, I'm going to keep saying it because the word tells us that's our promise that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So if I have power in the words that I speak, I'm going to speak positive I'm going to speak positivity in my, my in my life. So even if your top love language is not words of affirmation, but if you deal with any amount of self-doubt, any amount of lack of confidence in yourself, you have to start writing it down so you can reread it and start telling yourself in the mirror until you believe it. That is what you need to do. So I want to leave you with some things that you can start implementing right now. So we already talked about implementing words of affirmation into your life. We know that there is power in the words that we speak. So we're going to start speaking positivity because if we fill our mind with those positive thoughts, the negative thoughts can no longer dwell there. You see, that was our goal to remove those thoughts. They can't dwell in our minds anymore. So we're going to fill our mind with things that fill us with power, confidence and joy. And we're going to speak that in our lives. Also, you have to stop listening to those thoughts. Make them void. I'm not going to be a victim of identity theft. Not today. I'm going to speak victory. I have victory. I would also say getting in your word because there are so many scriptures in there that you know how we go on Pinterest and we look for these meaningful quotes that we can put on the the screensavers on our phones that we can look at later. The scriptures should be those quotes that you put as screensavers on the back of your phone. I do that a lot. I go on Pinterest and look up scriptures that I like or look up powerful empowerment scriptures on Pinterest 
take a screenshot and put it on the back of my phone. So if you are struggling right now, have a constant reminder. How often do we look at our phones? Every time you unlock your phone, you see your screensaver. So make your screensaver something that makes you happy, that gives you joy. It's kind of time to Marie Kondo our lives. If you've seen that on Netflix where she tidies up and she tells you if it doesn't bring you joy, let it go, right? So we're going to do that today. If the thought doesn't bring you joy, we're going to let it go. And we're going to fill it with a, a thought that brings us joy. We're Marie Kondo in our life, but through the likeness of Christ, but through the promises of Christ, because he has a lot of them for us. So that's another thing. Get into your word. And then also, it's okay to spend some alone time, like close off the world, turn off the social media, because social media I tell you, it's good to stay in connection with your friends, but social media could be negative. Something can set you off. Say you really desire to have a family. You see a photo of a family and they're smiling. They got a whole family photo session. Then your mind starts festering. Why don't I have that? Why can't I have that? See that jealousy comes up and then you start doubting yourself. What's wrong with me? Why am I not there? You got to take a break. You got to close that stuff off. Um, there's a lot of things on social media that causes us to, to be our own worst critic. We see somebody dress a certain way or, or move in a certain way. And you wish you had that. You wish you looked like that. Then you start trying to change yourself to be that. But I want you to be secure in your identity. So if you feel like it's too much, take a break. I'm not saying take a whole day, but maybe start with an hour, an hour that you log off of Facebook and don't get on, like delete the app because you might get bored sitting in a waiting room or at work and then you click on Facebook or whatever and then you, you're you on there for longer than you intended to. I do that a lot. I don't know if you saw the post that I have in the EOC Pearls group and if you haven't joined that group, I, I challenge you to join it just because we have good conversation. But I asked the ladies how they implement time with God in their daily routine. And the first thing they said is before they check social media, they read a scripture or they spend some time talking to God. See, there was a time, and I sometimes still struggle with this, that the first thing I do is look on social media. And if something's not going well in the world and everybody has something to say about it, that can set your day up pretty bad. So I'm going to say start your day off with positivity. That'd be another tip. Start your day off with positivity, whether it be your affirmations, whether it be listening to your favorite song, um, whether it be picking up your favorite breakfast. See, sometimes when I'm not having such a good day, I will go get myself a coffee from Starbucks, something that I enjoy doing. And that's just that one little piece of joy that gives me peace of mind and that grounds me when I'm on my way to work. Because sometimes, you know, things happen in life and you just need that small little perk of thing that makes you happy. So I go get my little coffee and um, go to work. So I'd say that. But I do want to leave... With one more verse before I pray us out and let us go. Um, I hope this episode did bless you because I completely, like I said, went off the cuff and I just kind of was very vulnerable with this episode. If you couldn't tell by the tears <laughs> that I'm crying behind this mic, but just know that I am with you, that I've been there, that although I am doing this podcast and things are working out for the nonprofit, doesn't mean that I don't struggle with low self-esteem, doesn't mean I don't deal with self-doubt sometimes, but I'm combating it daily because I know who who I belong to, whose I am. So this other verse, Song of Solomon 4, 7, it says, you are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. I'm telling y'all, y'all need to get in the word because things in the word tell us there are no flaws. We are beautiful. 
If nobody else told you, the word told you. <laughs> you know, stop looking for people to tell you that you're beautiful. Stop looking for people to tell you you're enough. Stop telling, stop waiting for people to tell you what you're good at. You know, learn those things for yourself. Um, begin to love yourself. Um, sometimes with my friends who are single and sometimes they ask me like, what did you do before you got married? And the thing that I really did was I spent a lot of time loving myself and learning who Erica is. Because when you get in a relationship or when you have children, there is a moment where you don't come first, that you put your family first or you put your responsibilities first. So when you're single, you have free range to fully and completely love yourself. So then at that time, you get to learn What does Erica like to eat? What's my favorite food? I don't have to go wait and ask, what do you want to eat? I can go eat what I want to eat that day (laughs) and not consider a bunch of other people. Um, Or I can walk in my purpose and do things that I really enjoy and put my whole entire time in it. Because when I do this podcast, now that I'm married, I have a family, I have to say, hey, I'm going to spend about an hour working on my podcast and I have to run that by them. But if you're single, you have all that time to do that and really put the time and energy into something that you're very passionate about and not have to answer to anyone or not like I'm saying it's a chore or a bad thing because I love being a wife and I love being a mom. I'm just saying you have that freedom to do this without any limitations. So take advantage of that time because there is joy in singleness. I might have to do an episode on that because there is a chapter in the book. All of these episodes are pretty much based off of my life because the book is my life. Um, but all right. So I'm going to say this prayer and I'm going to let you guys go. So God, we thank you again for bringing us together another time and for one more chance to grow with you. I need you to wrap your arms around that person who may be struggling with confidence in you, who may be battling with low self-esteem. With the authority you have given us, we declare victory over it right now. It will no longer live in our minds. Help remind us who we are in you. Give us strength, God. Remind us that you are yet working On our behalf, in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope the word blessed you. And I hope that I see you again next week for another episode.